You're listening to Mischief Media. Hey, Nonplus listeners. If you're on the hunt for the perfect gift for the nerds and geeks you love, Look no further than Loot Crate. Loot Crate is the original fan-focused subscription box that puts art, collectibles, t-shirts, and more into themed crates from your favorite entertainment brands. Tis the season to give the gift of geekiness. To get 15% off your first Loot Crate order, either for yourself or the favorite nerd in your life, you've got to use our very special link in the episode description. When you're ready to purchase, use code NONPLUS and snag that discount. It's a geek in a box. We have discussed this. Oh, right. No dick jokes in the ads thank you can i be suggestive about stocking stuffing i'd rather you not and one for mauler oh god chuck 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 the map late night pre-flight <laughs> they say it's gonna be a long long time someone brings me round again to find i'm not the man i thought i was at home no I'm a rocket man. I don't know why. Okay. <laughs> Elton. Let's... Shatner as Elton. Oh, Shatner as Elton. Got it. Ever tell you about the time I, I watched him nearly run over a security guard on a jazzy scooter and then take the pipe and drape dragging with him? episode of non plus to gay romp through the disney plus vault that over there is my husband clancy oh over there is my husband josh and this is non plus a mischief media podcast we are on the other side of spoopy season we are um we did nothing for spoopoween we didn't and it's absolutely uh, i i it kind of freeing it is freeing <laughs> i'm a little disappointed because it is we always come up with these couples costumes that we never act on. But we like, still need to do our Robin. See, the thing is, is that we were going to do Little John and Robin Hood. Well, no, it's not even that. It's that for the longest time, this was always when I was the busiest at work. Yeah. And so yeah. We, we only ever had ideas for elaborate couples costumes. We couldn't actually execute on them because I was busy and tired and underpaid and overworked. Which is not the case anymore. It's not the case anymore, but this year we were in the middle of moving. Yeah. But also, we were just too tired and lazy to do Halloween things. Exactly. So, I But mean, it was nice to visit Mr. Boogity. It was. It was nice to visit Muppets Haunted Mansion. And if you're a patron, patreon.com slash making mischief. Yes. We just did a little bit of a... I mean, it's a little bit late for spoopy season, but we talked about the Mickey Mouse Halloween episode. Yeah. We got our hot spook injections, I think. For sure. Without having to engage with other people and that's fine yeah when the world opens back up and we feel safe going to halloween parties again we absolutely will pull off our three-act robin hood and little john (laughs) couples costume where we first arrive as robin hood and little john and then we change outfits into their um fortune teller outfits and then we change outfits into their tournament outfits throughout the course of the evening yeah that's like our dream it is our dream and one day it will happen it'll happen uh, but you, today you is not that day. <laughs> but today is not that day. 
So. Uh, anyway, yeah. Ooh, let's do some mischief merch housekeeping. Um, I think we've mentioned the strange and unusual. It's Beetlejuice stuff. Yes. There's hoodies that say I myself am a strange and unusual. And that's a delight. <laughs> um, they've got a bunch of new arrivals. They've got some stuff for, um, only murders in the building. If you watch that show, I love it. Yeah, Who Josh knew Selena been- Gomez could do a deadpan. She holds her own against these two middle-aged white men and she needs an Emmy for it. Yeah. There's a sticker sheet and some shirts. There's also some like Hallmark Christmas movie tropes, sticker sheets that are up there. Um, lots of great gift ideas right now. If you happen to get any nonplus or MCU stuff, use the nonplus 10 code. You'll get 10% off. Get, get your holiday stuff taken Stu- care of. Knock now. it out, Just y'all. And do it. take 10% off on us if any of the people you're buying for are um, fans of us. Hey, or of uh, Marvel and MCU stuff. Yeah. Chaz. All righty. As always, our research for this episode was done on Wikipedia, IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes. We also dipped into Box Office Mojo for this one and Disney.fandom.com. Yeah. Okay, Clancy. We've put it off long enough. What are we talking about this week? Well, today we are doing Disney's National... I'm sorry. uh, We are doing (laughs) The Sorcerer's Apprentice. I legitimately kept referring to this as National Treasure as we were watching it. Yes. (laughs) So it was released July 8th, 2010. Screenplay by Doug Miro, who did Prince of Persia, Sands of Time, has its own problems, but (laughs) the script apparently was good. But he's also done Narcos, which is critically acclaimed. Yeah. Granted, he did this before all of that. So, For sure. Um, also, Carlo Bernard and Matt Lopez. The story is by Matt Lopez and then Lawrence Connor and Mark Rosenthal. Again, there's an interesting history here. Uh, well, they did Superman for the quest for peace in 1987, which is, I think widely regarded as the worst Superman film. Yep. Uh, Star Trek episode six, uh, the undiscovered country, which I believe is also widely regarded as one of the worst Star Trek films <laughs> for love or money. I don't think I've ever seen hover that. over it. That's a link with Michael, Michael J. J. Fox. I don't think I've seen it either. Yeah. The Beverly Hillbillies. Which I have seen and loved as a kid. It was actually a really good TV to film adaptation my dad loved that movie when i was a kid yeah then we got planet of the apes planet of the apes not well and also mighty joe young which is uh, another one that's critically acclaimed and well loved yeah and i actually that was the first dvd i ever owned yeah mona lisa smile which i loved yeah and then the many scenes of newark which is the new sopranos prequel movie god it just came out okay yeah 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 so I'm confused <laughs> as to how we got this story. Similarly, the director, John Turtletop, Three Ninjas, Cool Runnings, While You Were Sleeping, Phenomenon, Instinct, Disney's The Kid, National Treasure, Here National Treasure, there The Book is. of Secrets, The Sorcerer's Apprentice, obviously, obviously. Uh, Lost, Last Vegas, and, and The Meg. Meg. The Meg. So I feel like director John Turtletop explains a lot he about took, this he film. He took a, a, an interesting... An interesting dip. <laughs> well, and it's funny that like Nick Cage is like, yeah, you know what? I've had fun with you on these other two movies. Let's go ahead and jump into this ham fisted attempt to build an IP. Yeah. We just mentioned Blast Nick Cage. Yeah. As Balthazar Blake based on Yen Sid from Vanchasia. Cutie J. Barchell as David Dave Stutler, a highly intelligent college student who becomes Blake's reluctant apprentice. Uh, we also have Alfred Molina who plays Maxim Harvoff. He's a Nick is, Nick is an, villain. Yeah. Alfred's in his own movie. Nick is in his own movie. And then everybody else. 
Uh, we have uh, Teresa Palmer as Rebecca Becky Barnes. Dave's love interest. Yeah. Toby Keeble as Drake Stone. He's the Morganian uh, who supports himself as the celebrity illusionist. He's the Chris Angel analog of this film. Basically, yeah. Omar Benson Miller as Bennett Zero, Dave's roommate. Monica Bellucci as Veronica Gorlosian, a sorceress in Balthazar's love interest. Who else? Alice Krieg as Morgana Le Fay. She was delightful. Weirdest wig ever. We don't get enough of her. Pretty much. Robert Capron as Oliver, Dave's childhood friend, and Ian McShane, for some reason, as the narrator at the very beginning. <clears throat> yeah, it was... Uh, Strap in. <laughs> the war between sorcerers was fought in the shadows of history, and the fate of mankind rested with the just and powerful Merlin. In 740 AD in England, the mighty magician Merlin has three apprentices, Balthazar Blake, Veronica Gorlosin, and Maxim Horvath. Horvath betrays his master by joining forces with the evil sorceress Morgana Le Fay. Veronica sacrifices herself to stop Morgana, and Balthazar traps both in the Grimhold, a magic prison in the shape of a nesting doll. Before dying, Merlin gives Balthazar a dragon figure that will identify the prime Merlinian, Merlin's descendant and the only one able to defeat Morgana. Balthazar searches for the prime Merlinian throughout history, along the way imprisoning sorcerers who try to lease Morgana, otherwise known as Morganians, including the evil Horvath into successive layers of the Grimhold. Flash forward to 2000 in New York City, 10-year-old Dave <laughs> Stutler encounters Balthazar in his Manhattan antique store after straying from his school field trip. When Balthazar gives Dave Merlin's dragon figurine, the statue comes to life and wraps itself around the boy's finger to form a ring. Balthazar leaves, warning Dave to touch nothing, so of course Dave promptly opens the Grim Hold. Horvath is released, who immediately begins battling Balthazar for possession of the Grimhold. During the struggle, the two are themselves imprisoned in an ancient Chinese urn with a 10-year lock curse. Dave, traumatized by the experience and tormented by disbelieving classmates, tosses the Grimhold into the street and pockets the ring. Yes. Holy shit. Thank you so much for doing that. That, like, that that's, is the first five minutes. There's so much here and i think this is the nail that i'm going to hit consistently is does like everything's so disparate and disconnected they don't they didn't need to make it arthurian no because yin uh, yen sid who all of this is based on it like that wasn't that sequence in fantasia is not arthurian just make up your own lore and you don't need all this other shit you don't need this. You could start with the little boy. Yeah. And then it becomes intrigue and kind right. of like, ooh, and you don't need a fucking what's his bucket from Deadwood and American Gods, Ian McShane, <laughs> getting paid the day rate for the opening voiceover of the history lesson of a Arthurian battle that never fucking happened. Why do I care this much? We are but servants. Merlin. You betray me? I am no one's servant. Well done. Now get the spell. And so it was. Morgana gained sorcerer's most dangerous spell, known as the Rising. It's wild how much exposition happens. Just we get three time jumps before this movie has clocked half an hour. It's just unnecessary because, spoiler alert, later in this, 
we go over it again and multiple like, times. It, it just and I, what we never address mm. is how insane Morgana's hair is. She's oh she's got God. like three buns. Sorry, I only That's got to see three it three stacked. I only got to see it for maybe six seconds on screen. Yeah, so fair like, enough. Fair but we also didn't really. Again, we didn't need to if we hadn't felt the need to tie this to Arthurian legend at all. Yeah, and it could have just been its own thing. Then maybe it could have been the springboard that Disney really wanted it to be. But instead, somebody wrote a spec script in college about how to turn that scene in Fantasia into a film. Yeah, and this is what we got. And it doesn't feel like they trust their audience at all. No, but I mean, yeah. we'll, I, we'll get there. Let's at least resolve some of the beginning portions here. Um, the bulldog is super fucking cute. Yes. And I'm, and I love the bulldog. This field trip is cute. I, I love everything about, you know, this sort of setup of New York. Sure. But, but then suddenly, uh, it's, it's as if the running spell Balthazar has had to find this Merlidian and somehow he's in New York to look for it is bring me all of the loose paper. Yeah. And I, surely the prime Merlinian will follow it to my letterbox. It, it, nonsense nonsense also oof this jimmy eat world song like they are throwing some some nonsense honestly like i felt i kept hitting like late high school early college flashbacks it was bananas don't pretty much me you were in junior high when these songs came out hey tank you even get up here david field trip today don't forget to wear clean underwear she means me not you hey girl i listen to it though <sighs> anyway but like we, we suddenly get nicholas cage just being nicholas cage i don't know if he knows what movie he's in i don't know if he is uh accepting a dare from jerry bruckheimer himself i'm not sure what he's doing he's, in this he's in a completely different movie the read on because I can read minds. I have something I'd like to show you, Dave. How did you know my name was Dave? Because I can read minds. It's on your backpack. It's goddamn terrifying. That's goddamn terrifying. Yeah. No, I mean, if the kid was going to pee his pants, that's when it would happen is right there. When this, you know, middle-aged man starts screaming at a 10-year-old, all of this is kind of creepy I, I pedo territory for me, too. Stranger danger. Stranger danger. Am I right? Like, that's well, no, where Clancy, I was. But that's the thing is the problem with stranger dangers that was taught in the 80s is, is that most of the people who are going to sexually assault you are people that you know. So stranger danger was actually antithetical to keeping young children safe. My point is is that all of this feels creepy because he gets real close to that kid and then well, gives, yeah. him jewelry. gives him jewelry. Uh, what kind of grown ass man is given a 10 year old jewelry? Jewelry. Yeah. That like wraps around them. All of it. Yeah. yeah. All of it's weird. If it likes you, you can keep it. Ew. Yeah. That's, Ew. That is real, real gross. It's a little creepy. And then like he leaves the room. Like I said, to get, uh, there's a book for some reason, the urn moves with the ring. And so, of course, he opens the urn. Right. So, like, this is this is where I have a problem. Like, if this it, <laughs> fair enough, I have a problem with the concept from the jump. There's multiple times in this movie where if he did have control of the urn with this ring, why the fuck was he not using it the entire time? Like, I, just, I, I, I don't know. There, again, plot holes, but th this this has a lot a lot more worse going what's on for funny it. funny is there's so much here. If I were to unpack this entire film into various 
um, almost like tags mm-hmm. in a classic early 2000s blog, for example. Sure. Um, on a fanfic website, even. There are aspects of this film that on paper I should like. Magic plus science. That's Doctor Strange. Sure. Magic plus contemporary. That's a series that shall not be named, but also Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief. Sure. Which gets into not Arthurian legend, but Greek legend. Yeah. There are things here that I should like bits and pieces. And I even like that he's not too nerdy and she's not too overbearingly hot for all of this to be sort of a power fantasy. But it's but none of it makes any fucking sense smashed together the way it is. Yeah. And like establishing this young love at the beginning with passing this note along which comes up at the end of the movie heteronormative bullshit yeah fucking nonsense honestly the relationships in these all seem super cringe and it was just real hard for me to watch but strap in kids because if you thought that intro was long just wait till you hear how much we dislike this movie (laughs) holy crap speaking of are you ready let's do it 10 years later Dave is a physics student at New York University and meets his childhood crush Becky again in class. He immediately becomes re-smitten with her and repairs the transmitting mast of the radio station where she works after it was struck by lightning. <clears throat> the 10-year curse on the urn ends, releasing Horvath and Balthazar. Horvath pursues Dave and the Grimhold, and Balthazar rescues Dave, riding an animated steel eagle adapted from a Chrysler-building gargoyle. Dave initially refuses to help Balthazar, having been under psychiatric care since their first meeting, until Balthazar agrees to leave after finding the Grimhold. They track the Grimhold to Chinatown, where Horvath has released the next Morganian, Sun Lok. Dave defeats Sun Lok, and Balthazar retrieves the Grimhold. Dave changes his mind, deciding that he likes magic after all, and agrees to become Balthazar's apprentice. He also becomes romantically involved with Becky against Balthazar's wishes and advice, impressing her by playing the One Republic song Secrets with the Tesla coils he has been experimenting with. I think at this point, we're like 23 minutes, 22 minutes into the movie, and this much has happened. Yeah. A smarter executive, a smarter producer, IMO, would have pitched this as like a Disney Channel miniseries. This would have done much better as a miniseries. As like five 40-minute episodes, because then you can build it the way you want to. You can impress people with the effects. You can still get all of your Wizards of the Coast and Mountain Dew co-marketing. The pacing in this is is absolutely awful. Bonkers. Again, we have now been in three completely different time periods, and we're 20 minutes into the movie. Ridiculous. They're front-loading all this information really fast. And then essentially not giving it time to breathe. Like no. we have, we have no We've started time to, three different movies. Yeah, we have. We've started three different movies. This is our last time jump. Thank God. Yes. Like this. It's, just, it's clunky storytelling. Like, it is. Yeah? It's super, super, super clunky. And if they hadn't nailed, if they hadn't tacked on the Arthurian stuff, which again, the source material doesn't have, I don't think we would have needed it. Other than Nick and Jay being effectively in two separate movies. The whole time. Like. Jay's character is is literally who's Dave has a stupid line about like how cheerleaders are not smart. Go up, Riley. Uh, Professor Heiderman wants me to give a presentation to his physics 101 class. What? Teach him long division, the English majors? I know it's at the Peace Corps, but it's 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 Heiderman's class. Hey, bio nerds are getting drunk tonight. 
And we invited cheerleaders from Princeton. Oh, so smart cheerleaders. So, seriously? You saying you don't want to go out on your birthday? Yeah, I just, it was kind of gross. And, and like, honestly, it feels a little dated even for 2010. Like, a little bit. We, we should have known better than to write this line. And why is his fat friend black all of a sudden? He should have been black from the beginning. Right. Right. No, like, it makes no sense he had a, other he had than, a, you know what it is. Here's what it is. Because this relationship between Dave and Becky, Becky, there's an idea that they haven't seen each other for 10 years. So theoretically, Dave's friend from fourth grade. Oh, he could is, because he leaned for the other fat friend leaned forward. Right. So that's why it could be confusing because that is also the last di- time that childhood Dave is in that class. Correct. Because they all think he peed his pants and they ridicule him when really he has seen literal otherworldly shit. Right. Traumatize this child and then everybody they're now, instead of treating the child, they or believe I, I don't know. Yeah. So stupid. It's yeah, down. no, 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 no. They they say he's diabetic instead. Uh, hell, they should have gone back to that place and at least looked up who owns what was the place called? Oh, it was called Arcana Cabana. Arcana Cabana. Arcana Cabana. Oh my god. But at least looked up to see who owned that place and seen if maybe it was a predator or somebody. <laughs> Like I mean, he sure seemed like one, right? But we, you're right. Uh, we get this re meet cute, really, in this college scene, and it's again with papers and coincidences, as if the way you'll know the prime Merlinian is by how paper flees his body. I know, but it's already too long, and and uh, Bennett is aggressively it. horny. We get this it. This is also where I had the note that you could just call the soundtrack to this movie. Now that's what I call 2010 <laughs> between secrets and the. Uh, would you say One Republic, One Jimmy Direction? Jimmy Eat World. Jimmy yeah. Eat World. Yeah. Also, Balthazar apparently means magic Batman in Aramaic. Like, what is what, what is happening? He's in this leather duster. He's got kind of a Constantine vibe. Yes. But And then he's on the Chrysler Building Gargoyle, which is where I was like, all right, magic Batman. And then he uses that eagle <laughs> to fly around. So he's actually hip contempo Gandalf. I don't understand what's happening with this character. Yeah. That is supposed to be based off of a silent know-it-all to my earlier point. Like there are pieces here that I should like, but somebody did all the ADs have different decisions. Was it a, was it Nick cage driving the ship? Did Nick think that he was still filming like maybe a national treasure multiverse film? None of it makes any sense. I can't think of a way that makes all of these elements no, make sense. Together. And especially the way that it's shot is a lot of these. And I was noticing this is like a lot of the times it seems like Nick Cage wasn't on scene when he was not when his face was not directly in the camera. Like <laughs> it, it felt like they had a guy in a wig when everybody else was acting around and Nick Cage only came in when his face was absolutely visible. Are you saying they deep faked Nick Cage into this? No, movie? no, no, no. They used a double for everything else where he, where his face was not visible. And then deep faked his face onto the double. No, 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 no. I'm saying that he was on set, but every time that you did not see his face where it's the back, a side profile oh, yes. was a double. Oh yeah. Usually that happened a lot. Like a lot, a lot. Oh, you think contractually he was like, I've got four days to shoot this. Effectively. (laughs) (laughs) 
You can have me in the car. You can have me in in Taco Cabana. And that's why he's you popping can- up like the Cheshire Cat every twenty minutes. Like, whoops, there's some magic happening. And then pops back away. Yeah, this is an apprenticeship. This is psychological torture. It's just like that's that's the only thing that I can think that makes that makes any sort of sense here. Lightning hit that radio station and fried all of their electronics. Did any of that? techno audio babble makes sense no it was complete techno babble like obviously none of that made absolutely no sense because guess what capacitors would have been blown he would have had to go down to radio shack for three hours get everything that he needed because radio shack probably was still up and then and then come back and then replace all of those things sorry to bother you where does your engineer keep his equipment who's this guy so the good news is you're still transmitting. The bad news is your return loss, way too high. All right, I know what I'm doing. We should be good. It would have been nonsense. I actually had that note because I wasn't sure if you had any radio broadcast experience. Because this obviously is not the same thing. It's We're not. yelling at microphones in front of our laptops. It's not. But even even anyone that has any inclination to how. Any what? Anybody that has any inclination to how Dark. broadcast works. Like it, all of that was just a bunch of nonsense. Like you've got to clean up this one thing and I then suddenly everything starts working again. Does Bruckheimer have a minimum number of times lightning must strike a thing in a film? I mean, it seems like it. That's like his whole thing, right? Be, Isn't there? I mean. Children, if. If that's a thing, please let us know. Was there any lightning strikes in Pirates of the Caribbean 1? Oh, there had to have been. There were a number of storms. That would be fun. I have to believe. Uh, Right in, if you know. Um, Could this movie have worked if it weren't Nick Cage and Jerry Bruckheimer? No. Um... There's no way none of this could work, you think? I mean, maybe if it were, if this had come out 10 years later. Because Alfred Molina is doing something that I like. Yeah, no. Anytime he's on screen, I'm enjoying myself. Here's the thing. I am, and hot take, I am not opposed to Nick Cage's performance in this. I'm not, because he was, he was kind of chewing up the scenery like everybody else. They were trying to make it into like this sort of teen-centered fantasy drama. Whatever. It did have a bit of a CW feel about it, but that's what was selling in 2010. Yeah, yeah, I know. Which is why I'm why I'm saying if this would have come out 10 years later, even if it had Nick Cage and Alfred Molina, I think it might have worked. I don't I don't know. It's it's hard the to say. The part where they're trying to scientifically explain magic, I hate when we get there. Oh. I feel like Doctor Strange did it so much better because it was still sort of Kitty. subjective. You've heard how people use only 10% of their brains? Sorcerers can manipulate matter because they're born with the capability to use the entire power of their brains, which also explains why molecular physics comes so easily to you. So wait, is is sorcery science or magic? Yes and yes. <laughs> it's so pedantic. It's so pedantic. It's so stupid. I like, and I, uh, I don't know. I, 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 I even watching what if still believe the things that I'm watching more yeah. than I believe anything in this. Well, because cause it's done better. I mean, it's like, that's the thing. Dr. Strange was paced. Well, Dr. Strange made sense. Like, yeah, they suspended my disbelief through yes. that, through this. There were a bunch of times that See, pulled me out, especially when you bring in hit music that has no business being in this movie. It takes me right the fuck out. I, I mean, I, I feel like they were trying to get money wherever they could. Sure. Um, and, and 
similarly were also like that was that song was everywhere that song was on an episode of 30 rock that parodied that song in reality tv usage which is also why it's wild when dave is like i'm gonna play this one song that i've never we'll heard get, we'll, before we'll get, there. we'll get there in a second we'll get there in a second okay we're not there like, we're not there i mean my I know, I know, I know. fucking god i know but like to my earlier point about really liking what alfred molina is doing the scrying that he does to find out where the grimhold is sure Whatever they're doing with that spell and that magic, and it's like he's casting something and we, we don't quite know. Yeah. I threw it in the street. It's been a long time. I don't actually know where it is. I threw it in the street. Don't, don't go, go in there. there. The store's on fire. Don't go in. Those guys are. I threw it in the street. But where? I don't know. I, I liked this and, and the sort of like cross section of audio visual spell casting. And that's how he sees the image of this woman who's a merchant picking it up. Why Ching Ho? She was um the leader of the hand in Daredevil. Yeah. And she has five lines in this because it's it's Horvath disguising himself as her. And still, I like there's a very wizard's duel feel about all of this yeah. that I enjoy. But why does Horvath need the knives if he's a wizard? He can literally blow things up, and yet he's got these knives. And you pointed out how just on the line of racist, the whole Chinatown scene felt. It, Yeah, it was a little bit. The dragon being a part of that sorcerer, the people becoming the dragon in the puppet, that was gross to watch. It was gross to watch, and I felt bad for those people. There's a body horror element all of a sudden yeah. that we weren't expecting. You know, the funny thing is, is out of every other thing in this movie, the only thing that I cared about was that those people in the dragon made it out. Sorry. And they did. They did. I made that note too. Well, thank God the puppeteers are okay. Right. That, was the, on, that was the only emotional thing that I felt in this movie. And I think that's saying something, Jerry. I think that's saying something. <laughs> like Jerry Brookheimer is at home listening. <clears throat> he's got a Google alert for every time he's mentioned. He's refreshing his podcast feed. He's like, what did Clancy just say? What did, what did Clancy just say to me? You heard me, Jerry. <gasps> Oh, God damn. But those nipples, though. Gregory Wu is hot. No question. (laughs) Yes. No question. He's hot. But this all felt stereotypy. Oh, he's he's the Asian Morganicist, whatever they're called. So, of course, he uses dragons and the dragon is a part of him and he's manipulating it. Like, why couldn't he just barf a dragon if you're going to do that or become the dragon? Or maybe that would have been more yellow face, like more yellow washing. I don't know. Sure. I don't think anything was intentionally overtly racist, but that's part of the problem is that they were like, I felt like consideration was given by white people and they went, yes, this is fine. Yeah. But it's still this Eastern mysticism fetishization. We, we haven't talked about Shang-Chi on this podcast yet, but the pre-roll that we watched at the draft house, the stuff that they've put on up on Disney plus about the background of the characters, especially on the Mandarin himself really 
talks about a lot of this colorism and fetishes fetishization. I don't know why I can't say that word. Fetishization. Um, and this yeah. feels this still feels like we're on the wrong side of it with this scene. I, I completely agree because it, it, again, it's one of those things that stood out to me. It's not it's like pretty, it's not like it's not like you followed nice. a trail to Chinatown. You just assumed that oh, it, it, an Asian person picked up this nesting doll. It's got to be in Chinatown. I like, don't know. That's I where I was getting with it. And the I read like, I got yeah. was based on her appearance, her misty appearance. It was kind yeah. of like merchant like. I don't know, but again, maybe that's I. I'm the white guy apologizing. Anyway, obviously, it made us feel icky yeah. to a degree. The other part that took me out of this movie and this giant lab like steampunk lab that that dave has in new york city which i'm pretty sure in 2010 was still fucking expensive well yeah but he explains that it's like an old out of use subway train terminal that he got permission from somebody or got access from somebody but then all of the like all of that equipment that's in there it just seems like come on how was he affording all of this and I don't think it ever specifies whether he's a uh, undergrad or grad student. And in theory, he might have funding. Maybe. I don't know. It didn't ping for me near as much for some reason. I just, for, 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 for me, Maybe it was I'd just like, wow, this, this giant place that he clearly lives in because there's dirty plates everywhere, which we'll get to in a minute. But yeah. like there's With it, scenery that was weird. lifted from the set of the illusionist. Pretty much. It was like, actually. <laughs> I kept, that- kept expecting David Bowie to walk out of a bolt of electricity. All of the Tesla coils Hello. out there. Yeah. You must be Balthazar Blake. He was still alive at that time. I'm Nikola Tesla. Yeah. Don't bring us down. How dare you? I really liked him and the illusionist, though. That was that was great. Yeah. Uh, but like the whole the whole sort of colorism of it is really capped off with uh, Balthazar as the cop being intentionally racist about sake dragon in this asian festival and lit it up like a birthday cake we got swamped with calls saying it was a real dragon ah. between you and me cap i think some of these folks were hitting the sake pretty hard uh sake's japanese actually carry on sake's japanese what well, is i was in character oh Like, it feels like (laughs) those lines were meant to make us feel like the writers are aware that this could be seen as colorist or fetishist or whatever, and that they wanted us to know that, no, no, we're just trying to, we know, we actually know that not all Asian people are the same, but for the purposes of the last 10 minutes of visual (laughs) effects, we needed to. We needed to. Yeah, hyper generalize a bit. My God, why was it needed? I it could have cut out a couple of these nesting dolls, and I yeah. feel like it, we still would have gotten the story across. If they're I just killing, I almost these, wanted more uh, well, nesting dolls. I need more. My, my problem with this is they're not. They don't have enough lore. They're creating it from whole cloth, loosely based on an existing IP, and yes. the magic has very little rules. The like, and that's one of the things about fantasy is that. You've got to set your rules and know when to break them because that's when it's impressive. And that's when those are big story moments. And I, the, the only rule that's set you magic user plus ring equals magic. Yeah. And so at the end, it's a big deal. Spoiler alert when he's able to do magic without the ring. And even then it's so dumb. I, I do want to ask a quick question here. Why? Why nesting dolls guys? They could have done something different there. I just feel like the, the writing was lazy, but that's just me. 
No, Clancy, <laughs> I've been saying that for 20 fucking minutes. What are you talking about? I know, I know. What do you I mean, know. maybe it's just me? Fuck you, buddy. I'm staring you right in the eyes. <laughs> We're saying the same shit. I know. We're literally and on the same page here. that's what sucks about this. That we both wasted our time with this? Yeah. Oh, God. Is it, is it more or less funny when we both hate it? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I really don't. Listeners, know. we're standing by. We're not. Yeah, I, we're recording. I, we're recording this so far in advance. Who knows what you're gonna think or when we'll hear it? Who Who knows? Who knows? But uh, my my last point on this, right? Okay. They needed some sort of foundation, some sort of lore foundation. Yeah. Because we're 40 minutes in, and we're just now getting the concept of the Sorcerer's Apprentice, and I get that technically. This is the end of act one, but mm-hmm. we're almost halfway through the movie. I am Balthazar Blake, sorcerer of the 777th degree. And you are my apprentice. Sweet. Your ring. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's so it's so dumb. Anyway. <sighs> Yeah. All right. You want to move on? I don't want to. I'd prefer to stop, but we have an obligation we to our have, listeners. We do have an obligation. Let's do it. Orvath enlists a youthful Morganian, celebrity magician Drake Stone, to get back the Grimhold. They attempt to kill Dave, but Balthazar saves him. Dave, cued on by Horvath, demands to know the truth about Balthazar's quest. Balthazar then reveals that Morgana is trapped within the center of the Grimhold within Veronica. Morgana, if freed, would cast a spell called the Rising, which would revive sorcerers from the dead and enslave mankind. As the Prime Merlinian Dave will become powerful enough to cast spells without his ring, Focus, which for any other magician is the only way to channel their magic, and is the only one who can stop her. Despite his mentor's disdain for his relationship with Becky, Dave convinces Balthazar to let him meet her for a date. Dave tries to use magic to clean the lab, but loses control of his animated cleaning mops, which forces him to cancel his date with Becky. Balthazar intervenes, and Dave, disillusioned with magic, decides to give it all up until Becky unknowingly changes his mind. He returns to his underground subway lab just as Drake and Horvath try to kill Balthazar and steal the Grimhold. Horvath, having no more use for Drake, casts a parasite spell and steals Drake magic and his ring. Okay, so... Pinch me if I'm in the Matrix or not, because I'm having deja vu. I feel like we already got all of this exposition at the beginning of the movie. Why are we going through it again? Yeah. We saw, we knew that the rising was going to happen because we saw it at the beginning of the movie. Uh, if if you were going to spend the time to tell Dave, the main character, all this information. Then why you got to tell it to Chris Angel, too? They didn't, well, and you also didn't have to do it at the beginning of the fucking movie. Uh, yeah. They could have just, they, they could have just cut to a kid that goes into a shop and then, it, like, at least uh, hold up some of that mystery for a bit. There's yeah. no mystery in this at all. None. That None of this feels like, again, I, I feel like, I feel like I'm just. I'm watching something happen on screen. And now mind you, we have notes. So I knew what was kind of coming up a little bit, but at the same time, I'm like, this is so predictable. None of this is surprising me. Speaking of what's coming up. Do you want to talk about the Tesla coil saying? Yeah. You had a lot of feelings about this. We did. I know you did. I did. (laughs) 
You were listening. I played this song the other night. These coils are my life. Two years I'm down here working with them, and they're making their own music, and it was lost on me. I was never able to appreciate it until I met you. I heard you talking about music on your radio show, and oh, I'm sappy. First of all, test the coils. <laughs> Making music sounds, sure, that's fun. That's a is thing. That, that's on that YouTube, all, right? I, I get it. If we're to believe that they are paying for the subway space and for all of this equipment, and all what he's doing he is studying? playing Stevie Wonder's "Superstition" and One Republic's "Secrets," that's all he's doing on this is goddamn fucking nonsense. And it's just you're it, not wrong. It's just so stupid. And like, and again, when you start hearing One Republic's "Secrets" play. It's it's like it just takes me right out. I was like, why, why, why? You could have done Stevie Wonder's Superstition. That that was at least a little bit more entertaining for me, or yeah. whatever. And then moved on from there. But you had to then add this other song, which I assume they were contractually obligated to use in some sort of way, I, or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. But it just felt weird and out of place. <laughs> totally. And I mean, flash forward to you know. Hor- yeah, Horvath having his own apprentice who he then sends in after Dave. If someone like Drake approached me at a urinal, I would assume he was about to perform a completely different kind of magic. Right. Yeah. Alone in a bathroom at a urinal and that walks up to me. Well, all right. Check the door. Let's see what's yeah. about to happen. I got a date with a girl because I'm awesome. Say order one. Excuse me? Prime Merlinian, eh? You don't look like much. Uh, I, I don't actually know what you're talking about. Cool. Makes this easy. <laughs> Can't have anyone hearing your girly cries, right? I, I, I don't yeah. Especially because Dave's got some nice lips on him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Here's my big thing. Here's my big thing about all of this explanation with Horvath sort of opening these pages for him and like mentally, if this is about Dave being a descendant of Merlin, would, would they not, would Balthazar at least not have some sort of record of who all Merlin boned and might have had offspring with? I, I, I I would think so. I don't know. Like, Like, why has this been such a mystery? If this is supposed to be Merlin's descendant, if his magic is in his blood, maybe they did know the lineage and it's just like it, it's one of those like genes that skips like 18 generations clearly. And that's why he was in New York and he was just waiting for the, because he's like, spell. he was just like, to summon a, the prime Merlinian. has got to be here or something. I don't know. It's so, it's so dumb. And somehow, for some fucking reason, cleaning up soda and dog piss is how we finally get the fucking scene from Fantasia in this movie. For a kid that is literally building all of this shit, but can't clean up a, a soda spill? Because he needs to get showered and ready for his date with Becky. Oh. But also, like, 
come the fuck on. There's some other <laughs> wild ass magic y'all are doing. You put some water on the ground, then you mop it up. Th- this scene should have happened earlier. Yeah. Also, this th- scene should have turned him off of magic. It should and have. sent him running. Then, yeah. I don't. I don't know. It's it's really dumb. Also, why did they have so many mops and brooms and things in this one place? I'm sorry. Generally, didn't some of them duplicate? Wasn't that the whole thing? Oh, maybe that's what it is. Because it was just like in the cartoon. Yes. Because that, this is where, again, they're trying to, even with the fucking music, trying to tie it back to the source material. Right. And it's got like music that's sounding like Fantasia, but then also like Pirates of the Caribbean. It's, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I get it, Jerry. I get right. it. I have a note here about Jedi mind tricks when like it's when they're uh, trying to figure out where Dave might be and they're getting that information from someone in the student center or whatever. I have a student who's failing my class. I need his file. First, I'll need to see your faculty identification card. <laughs> you don't need to see my faculty identification card. I don't need your faculty identification card. These are not the droids you're looking for. <laughs> In case the audience didn't get it, Chris Angel <laughs> has to ta- say to the audience, hey, he did that thing. He did it. It's the it's that thing, remember? Yeah. Rem- it, hey. At that point, I was mad we had to finish. Yeah, pretty much. I was like, this is this is um and then we get the ongoing basically wizards duel of this becky and dave are out on the date and then drake disguises himself as dave and tricks horvat or tricks balthazar somehow yeah that's another thing i I had a very loki kind of response of when aren't you going to fall for that a loki response oh my god no Are you ever not going to fall for that? Because, you know, Loki changes into other people, too. That, no, that's that's what I was referencing. That's what you're referencing. Yes. I thought you said low key. And, and I then, thought you were making a pun off of my reference. Isn't this great? And we were both about to get real mad at each other. Isn't this great? <laughs> Y'all, we have to make our own. Fun. We've already been talking about this longer than we wanted to. And yes. I'm mad. I, I'm mad because I'm passionate about it now. Yeah. We set very strict guidelines on how long we were going to record, but it feels important for me to impart upon our listeners how absolutely unworthwhile their time. All right, J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> Bring me pictures. Am I turning red? <laughs> Bring me pictures of Balthazar Blake. <laughs> Put an ad on the front page. Cash money for a picture of Spider-Man. Oh, my God. It's like God. the wizard's duel from Sword in the Stone, but in reverse. Yeah. This and then is- they're doing the car chase with the chasing, changing cars. That's cool. Yeah. But, oh, we'll have to drive through our own reflection. Couldn't Horvath have gotten himself out of the bathroom mirror then without making another person of color get injured in all of this? Yeah, pretty much. Also, mirror dimension. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it, it's, it's... It's all been done better in Doctor Strange. It, it is. Like, Doctor... Honestly, Doctor Strange is... I feel like that is the Sorcerer's Apprentice. That, that's what I'm saying is the story with better lore mm-hmm. can be told better. And it, and even in, oh my God, you're right. Cause it's another wizard that was the, it's going to leap out this window right now. <laughs> oh my God. We could have just watched Dr. Strange. We could have just watched Dr. Strange. Shall we move on? We shall. 
Horvath releases the witch Abigail Williams, uses her to kidnap Becky, then steals her magic and pendant focus. He threatens to kill Becky, therefore forcing Dave to surrender the Grimhold and his ring. Balthazar goes after Horvath and Battery Park, sure that Dave without his ring will be killed. Horvath releases Morgana, who begins the rising spell, while Horvath animates the charging bull sculpture and commands it to attack Balthazar. Dave arrives and stuns Horvath with a Tesla coil tied to Balthazar's car, while Balthazar's eagle flies away with the bull. Becky disrupts the rising spell, stunning Morgana. Balthazar takes Morgana, body and soul, from Veronica into himself, but Morgana escapes and tries to incinerate them. Dave attempts to stop her without his ring and succeeds, proving that he is the prime Merlinian. Morgana shoots plasma bolts at the three and overwhelming Balthazar and Veronica's shield spells, kills Balthazar when he bodily intercepts a bolt meant for Veronica. Dave makes another larger Tesla coil out of the square's lampposts and power lines to overwhelm her and then fires a plasma barrage, which finally destroys her. He revives Balthazar by restarting his heart with plasma shocks and Balthazar reunites with Veronica. Dave and Becky kiss and fly to France for breakfast on Balthazar's eagle. In a post credit scene, Horvath retrieves his hat from Balthazar's shop. <sighs> I still don't get the antennas and the, and the dishes. We don't know when Horvath was captured. We don't know how he knows the radio towers are going to help with the spell. Yeah. We don't know that he knows enough about, I mean, he's dressed for the 20th, 20th century. But when he was captured, did he know enough about what magic was to know as much as Balthasar does about how connected to science it is in this world? I don't know. Do the, we care? I, the other question that I had is how did they know what contemporary cars were like to know? Cause we didn't see a Lamborghini or we didn't see a Mercedes at all until those two cars, which were, I, you know, new yeah, cause they the both, time. they effectively have been out of time for 10 years. So even right. what they would consider a brand new fast car is going to be 10 years out of date. Right. And I just, I was like, uh, that's, or that's, even that's longer dumb. for Balthazar, right? Maybe exactly. it's a generalized spell fastest mode of conveyance, but then why didn't the car become a helicopter? Right. And then after the car gets crushed in, in Horvath's car taxi turned crusher where, I don't remember them getting the car out for it to appear again later with a Tesla coil. on Yeah. It. It's so stupid. And it makes me uh, wonder, Oh God, was there a scene missing that explains this? And then, Oh God, is there more of this movie that Faye didn't put in? Oh God, is Abigail fucking terrifying. Excuse me. I'd like to make a request. I just finished my show, but maybe next time. Okay. I said I'd like to make a request. Abigail's terrifying, but again, why are we centering the story of what happened at Salem around Abigail Williams and how did she find a Morganian urn? Like, yeah. how did she become powerful enough for Balthazar to have to imprison her? Like, let's think about the context of that. <laughs> that middle-aged person taking another fucking 10-year-old child and imprisoning her. Which is why when you said that this should have been like a five-part series that this would have made more sense because we could have had a, a whole episode on. Well, it would have split back and forth and told the story in two different timelines, I think. Right. And it would have been For more each of those Morganians. You could have then built out more, uh, lore, you, more, the more you're lore. Looking for is lore. Yeah. And character development, if anything, to at least make this a little bit more believable. And I would have forgiven the nonsense music, right? Because it's Maybe. fucking TV. Like I, I can watch CW shows and kind of, get around it 
but this is a Hollywood feature yeah. that feels like a CW show. Ugh. I remember this being a big deal and then never hearing a thing about it again. And no. this is why this makes absolute sense. Also, uh, hi, Bennett. We haven't seen you for an hour. Bad time, Dave. Bennett, thank God you answered. I got a real emergency on my hands. I need you to meet me at my lab right now. Becky, I gotta let you out. What? Let me out? Okay. I think I know how to defeat them with Wait. <laughs> I hope he got paid really well. I know. For his three scenes. For his three scenes. And just to go back to the lab? Like that's all he was. He was only being used for one specific thing. I legitimately can't remember why. And we just finished this an hour ago. Right. No, I I think it was that they needed to solve Bennett's only job in this movie was to exist to do that one thing. And so they had to write him into the horny for his white friend. Right. (laughs) And they just write him into the, just, just that one little part at the beginning. Uh, Also, Eagles come in to save the day again. Like, I mean, again, this is the cork board. We got to have, we got to have these big giant birds that come yeah. in and, and sweep in. And at least we didn't have that in, in Dr. Strange. No, there they were, just there were no birds. The concept of time. Yeah. As, which, as the gimmick, which I mean, Hey, worked you, out. you go, you go broad enough and you really can do anything. Right. Um, but when you try to be as specific as this is being without any sort of foundation, you know, I think a good metaphor here is imagine mylar balloons of all of your famous favorite fantasy properties. Okay. And someone's trying to hold them all together and give them to Jerry Bruckheimer in a bouquet. <laughs> yeah. But unfortunately, Jerry Bruckheimer was struck by lightning and all the balloons were released. And so suddenly none of it makes any fucking <laughs> sense. And they're all on fire and everything is terrible. Why um, did Wizards of the Coast play, pay for this Magic the Gathering cross promo? And that somebody at Wizards thought, fuck yeah, we're going to be in a Disney movie. <laughs> and then it was this one. I know. And it was so prominent in the background. And it didn't someone make at Wizards had to approve the logo usage. I know. I used to have to do this shit for Blizzard. <laughs> uh, do you have anything before we get to the- how they magically let a white lady? Uh, climb all the way to the top of this town. You know, her accent kept dropping. She's it South did. Australian. It and did. and after the third time, I was like, oh, it, no. is she drunk on set or is she not American? And it turns out she's from Australia. Yeah. <laughs> we then get to Morgana, who has now been unleashed, whatever. Buns and all. Honestly, these effects were nice. The effects weren't bad. They clearly spent a lot of money on this movie. Right. And I mean, especially for a movie that uh, that came out in 2010, like looks good. Yeah. Uh, effects, effects on par with the Marvel stuff, because it's around the same time. Effects seemed to, to to keep up. But like another thing that took me out of this is when they were building this makeshift Tesla coil using AC wires. You have Merlin's powers, but you don't have his strength or skill. You are still weak. But I'm not alone. I brought a little science with me. Now! AC was a Thomas Edison fucking thing. 
And so the fact that they're using AC cables to make Tesla coils. Y'all might have imagined Clancy pushing up his glasses when he said that, but nonsense. he didn't. I promise you he didn't. It's so stupid. And again, <laughs> it's it's one of those things where it's just like, I, I know that this is wrong. Y'all, I know he, that this is during wrong. During the movie, he was like, that's AC current and starts furiously typing. It was the nerdiest fucking thing. And honestly, the highlight of my experience watching this film. <laughs> it's just my rage and i don't get why there are so many global dead morganians from all these other time periods yeah because they they uh morgan and merlin did not predate the egyptians i don't think so there why is there a morganian busting out of one of those egyptian statues and also if there there were this many morganians that needed to be stopped all around the world why wasn't the the death lock the grimlock the grim hold, the death, whatever. Why wasn't it the size of a fucking whiskey barrel? <laughs> yeah. And difficult to transport. Or as big as that bowl. That Something. comes to life. And, and yeah. Something. Yeah, it's so stupid. I'm also pretty sure they had to pay for the rights to that bull because I don't think that bull is in the Spider-Man video game because they did not want to license it. There is a thing about the artist on that. It's been in the news again because there's now a, a Harambe statue that's in front of it. Well, there was also that little girl statue for a minute during the um, women's march. Right. But the guy that made that bull just died recently, like about a oh. year ago. But he's been very protective of that art, of oh, that yeah. installation and would go after anybody that would that would alter it in any sort of way. Yes. So famously, I, I just think it's funny. D- Disney got to use it to, to, to fuck up some Volkswagen bugs. Yeah. The one other note I have about this before we address the post credit scene is just that the final boss fight is neat. ACDC notwithstanding, but the magic science shit. If it weren't for this podcast, I wouldn't have watched this. I would have loved to have seen that fight in some other contemporary magic. Like that's, that's totally my jam magic being able to be used right now. Yeah. Very my shit. But I, if we hadn't know what, picked it for this podcast i never would have watched it yeah and then same. we get the threat of a sequel we get if, the, thr- we get the threat of a sequel through the credits. Yeah. we also get another one of that that uh one republic song right at the end we get a reprise Jesus. of that which was just like and every time i heard it all i could think of was the queen of jordan episode of 30 rock <laughs> yes i know it's fake but damn it i miss him I knew I'd get that boob squish. Tracy, I'm sorry. Don't. You already said it all on the show. You said it all. I got there. I'm angling. I'm angling. They also say that they're going to fly to France to get breakfast on this steel eagle that is not going very fast. Are they talking about getting breakfast in like seven days? And he, uh, it's magic, Clancy. I know it's this magic. This is my point. There's no rules. They, <laughs> how low are they going to fly? Because uh, it's going to be cold. Uh, even right. even if they flew as fast as a plane, you're going to fly off the back. Like there's, it's you're going to at least want to try to sleep. You're not going to have really, anything to drink, Clancy. We've been we've been at this for two hours, seated, seated, and. <laughs> And we're this far into it, and you want to bitch about flying to France? <laughs> Seriously? Oh, it's just so fucking stupid. I'm not going to wait until the end of the episode to tell you. If you've gotten this far and you're not sure, unless you've got children begging you 
to watch the Sorcerer's Apprentice. Don't. There's so much more you, uh, on again, the platform. Please, actually, you know what? Go watch Doctor Strange if you haven't watched Instead, it recently. It's a good movie. And, and if for no other reason, without the body horror, without the surprise yes, body horror. Without the surprise body horror. Get better visuals and a better Sorcerer's Apprentice story that still has a little bit of Eastern fetishism for you to wank to if that's your thing. Yeah. But otherwise... I, I am done talking about the content of this movie. We can talk about the context about it. Yes, but I'm, we're done with, we're content. done. That's and it. Thank God. I never have to watch it again. Yeah, they didn't make another one of these. All right. So do we want to talk about how this did inexplicably, inexplicably <laughs> this movie made money? Yeah. So we're, I'm just going to do the worldwide on this. It made $215 million and it had a budget of 150 million. Inexplicably, this made over $50 million. Right. Which I mean, uh, Mission accomplished, I guess. I mean, people really were, I guess, riding that national treasure wave because I think even some of the trailers from the time were like from the director of national treasure. Well, yeah, and you it's I mean, it's a Jerry Bruckheimer joint. Like, just, you know, there's some built in already like buy in, I guess. But again, the movie didn't feel like they trusted that at all. Because what else? Keep talking. I'm going to look up what else came out summer of 2010 sure because this was smack dab in the middle of summer 2010 maybe it was just that it was an awful summer for films maybe but it was it was just one of those things where like again the i i i I can see why people went and saw this because it was a nicholas cage who was at the really at the height of his you know like he was in that intersection of like he was he was in his renaissance, or his first renaissance? Sure. Second renaissance? He's one of those guys who kind of like comes and goes out of the zeitgeist. Yeah. Because like right now he's making all these indie films for himself. Right. But and, he and wasn't some of them doing anything good. since. Yeah, the, yeah that's like, the thing. Like he did that Five Nights at Freddy's um, mm-hmm. ripoff. But yeah, it, it's a, uh, it, it was one of those things where like, I feel like they had everything they needed to make something good, but for whatever reason, just didn't Ooh. trust their audience at all. What it did was, you find? I think this might have been just one of the best options that summer. Here are other movies that came out summer of 2010. Okay. The A team. Got it. Marmaduke. Oh, the other guys. Okay. That was fun. But t- not, but not geared towards kids, but yes. Grownups. Yeah. Adam Sandler. Yeah. That was a, ugh. the wall street reboot. Oh, is that the Martin Scorsese thing? I think so. Yeah. No, that was the Wolf of Wall Street. I don't know. No, no, no. This was the um, Wall Street Money Never Sleeps. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I never saw it. Um, let's see. Despicable Me. Okay. So they were up against, I mean. Eat, that. Pray, Love. <laughs> Exit Through the Gift Shop. Sex in the City. How to Train Your Dragon. Okay. And eventually, Toy Story 3. Sure. So they had a lot of animated shorts to kind of go up against. But, you know, like that sort of young adult uh, intersection that they were kind of targeting with this movie, I felt like. Actually, Toy Story 3 had come out like the month before this did, I think. Okay. But yeah, there's they were going towards the young adult. My point is, summer of 2010 was not a good... It was okay. There was shit to go see, but there weren't clearly no, no Marvel wasn't a thing yet. Really? No. Like there's just wasn't 
it's kind of a before time of summer blockbuster films or a, a weird a little bit yeah i mean kind of to think about it that way like i mean despicable me what did very well um i loved it H- how to train your dragon did very well and is a beloved franchise at yeah. this point like this was and again this was kind of the start of a bunch of franchises for them and i think disney was kind of also well, using despicable that as, me and how to train your dragon were dreamworks i know but that's what i'm saying disney also was trying to launch another franchise at the same time you know and again they didn't know that they were going to own like all of they the really should have just made a point. national treasure three yeah fair enough i feel like that's yeah they, they should have just made a national treasure three but you know yeah we aren't the only people who feel this way Critics on Rotten Tomatoes, 40%. Peter Travers from the Rolling Stones said the Sorcerer's Apprentice should be rated you for untouched by human hands. <laughs> Cheers, Mr. Travers. Yeah. I raise my Aperol spritz to you. Uh, Richard Corliss uh, from the Time Magazine. Uh, says, the Time Magazine? The Time Magazine. The, the magazine Time. Uh, on a hot summer day, a family trip to the movies can either be a time filler or a time waster. Uh, apprentice honorably fits the second category honorably <laughs> david germain of the associated press said it's a fairly fun time for families in hollywood can and continually does build franchises out of far worse concoctions than this that's not an unfair assessment but this it was uh, a classic case of failure to launch yeah and yeah david it didn't it didn't happen <laughs> it didn't happen david so it didn't happen uh, audience was Pretty much on the same boat. They had a 53% on the reviews there. Um, Matthew M gave it two and a half stars saying, while it may have its moments where it truly shines, the Sorcerer's Apprentice is an overall forgettable and predictable affair that at least is worth watching only once. Don't agree. Disagree. Uh, Vincent T is more up my alley. Yeah. One star. (laughs) Vincent T, however, I fully agree with one star. Bad acting, bad story. This movie tries to be a magical epic, but falls short in nearly every department. Nick Cage has been taking a lot of L's. The only movie I've seen, and then it goes on, and this is a screenshot, so we don't have the whole thing. But Vincent, uh, I agree, you are a super reviewer. And if you're hearing this, um, uh, cheers, mate. Yeah, it, yeah. And basically all of these other reviews are, are the same, the same sort of thing. Um one person says another bad Nicolas Cage film, but at least not as absolutely terrible as Bangkok Dangerous, which was a Nicolas Cage movie that I don't remember seeing, but I do remember coming out and being like, I don't care for that at all. Yeah. Interesting. So I feel like it's, I feel like Bangkok Dangerous has been forcibly removed from my brain because I can't remember anything about it. <laughs> I feel like it was one of those things that I was like, no, you don't get space in my head. No. And, Bangkok, I, 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 and this is what I mean. Like Cage's career has ebbed and flowed a number of times. Yeah, for, for sure. Um, we don't have any trivia in the notes and I'm on the Wikipedia page now. I don't know that there's anything. I don't care. Rel- <laughs> relevant. I think we discussed oh, most of it. But okay. This from the Wikipedia page, I think is worth noting and it. might explain some things. The basic idea for the film was mostly Nicolas Cage's who wanted to explore a mystic world and play a character with magical powers and following a suggestion by his producer friend, Todd Garner decided to make a feature length movie based on the Fantasia segment of the same name. Okay. So this is Nick's fault. It's Nick's fault. All right. Cool. Sure. 
Noted. Just, <laughs> you know, he was, was it Kevin Smith's Superman before that got canned? Nick Cage was being discussed as playing the role of Kal-El slash Superman slash Clark Kent. I'm glad that didn't happen. Me too. Some people really want it to have happened. Well, that's the thing. I mean, he's done uh, some, uh, like he did, what was it? Ghost Rider? <laughs> Are you seriously holding that up? It's like, look at this. This was fine. No. Was it bad? No, Clint. I don't remember if it was bad. <laughs> I guess there's a reason why Disney has not included it at all in their Marvel <laughs> section of, like they even have the new Fantastic Four movie, but the Ghost Rider is nowhere to be found. <laughs> your precious heart okay oh oh goodness this it was just not worth it this is another this, one y'all this really is one that you can skip it, just right over it you know what better yet just go watch fantasia you'll you'll get the best part seriously truly it's just not oh i can't it's not it's not worth it you're better time. off trying to understand the plot of kingdom hearts than you are spending any time watching this film yeah because it's i mean we said it all it's I love this feels like it should be for me. I love magic in a contemporary setting. That is the easiest way to hook me in. No question. Regardless of the medium could be a book, cartoon series, TV series, live action movie, magic in the the here and now is very much my jam. Yeah. As much as it sucks. Harry Potter is like quintessential. Your favorite type of like that sort of, it's very my jam. And Mm -hmm. this, this is, probably one of the worst executions of the concept for sure i think if they had just i i honestly if they had just divorced it from the sorcerer's apprentice of it all and made it national treasure with magic yeah i I feel like that would have been better and that's because that's effectively what they were trying to do but and that's the movie that nick cage is in but molina's in a different film that is much more my jam yeah, I think I I would like to see more of that. And honestly, like again, it the the other magister what do you what are they called the the Morganians and the Merlinians the Morganians mm-hmm. if all of those were magisterium sort of, is a different series for sure. <laughs> uh, if this was a TV series, and each like episode, or even if it was just a mini series, and each mm-hmm. episode was sort of focusing on the next step of that uh, Russian doll. Like, I feel like that would have been a better, a better use of my time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, at least if, if nothing else, we hope you all have enjoyed listening to us. Not enjoying our time. As we mentioned at the top, you can get more content from us at patreon.com slash making mischief, but not just from us from shows all over the network. And it's not just audio content. You get some visual goodies there. We most recently, as we said, did, the Mickey Mouse uh, Halloween short from 2017. Mm-hmm. One of the longer episodes of that series, but it is still short because it's only about a half an hour long. Yeah. Um, but yeah, go there. You can join. You can get extra content from shows all over. Uh, also access to the Discord, etc. Clancy, where can they find the show on social media? Um, they can find it at nonplussedpod uh, on Twitter and Instagram. And Facebook. And Facebook, too. Yes. Yeah, I forget about that. Um, and um, of course, in your podcasting um, device of choice, Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe. Help us game that algorithm and get more people listening to the show. Yes. Closing out on the end of the year here. So we're going to do something else uh, next time that you might uh, watch with the family begrudgingly. Oh, for me, it will be begrudgingly. Just you wait. 
I, I hungry am, kittens I am just very, to wait. Very excited about this, and I like this is one of the few excuses that I get to have him watch these sort of movies. And then, of course, we're gonna do some some Crimbus movies, and we even yes. managed to find surprisingly a New Year's movie that we hope you're all going to enjoy. Who is um, who directed this movie? Is it the same director? Yes. Oh God. Um, but <laughs> I think by the time we record that one, we'll be in our new studio. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited. We're gonna We're so stoked to move, y'all. I'm so excited. We each get our own office. Big giant kitchen. It, we're gonna have so much yeah. space. You know what? Once we get everything decorated, that should be our Patreon drop for that month. It's like a video to Oh, welcome to my home. Welcome to my home. And we could put like uh, we could get dressed all 80s and put like some film grain on it. Oh, that would be cute. That would be cute. That would be cute. Yeah. It'd be cute. How many of those Zapparol spritzes do you have? It would be so cute. Or stop, no, it's more. Stop trying to make feud happen. It's not going to happen. It's like futile, but it's like, man, that's so feud. Then it's a negative thing and not a positive it thing. It is. I flipped it. So I don't want to. Our house isn't going to be feud. It's, it's gonna not going to be feud. It's going to be cute. <sighs> wow. This was a powerful drink. <laughs> I put a lot of Aperol in it. That over there is my husband, Clancy. And over there is my adorably drunk Josh. <laughs> <laughs> And we are plus. Truly. Truly non It's another one of those where like this movie fit the bill. My God. At least we're drinking through the pain. This is true. Happy holidays. <laughs> He would, it was, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it, all right, let's get back into it. (coughs) Oh God, it went down the wrong pipe. (laughs) And Josh is dying. (laughs) Smooth. (laughs) (laughs) Remember, give the gift of geekiness this season with Loot Crate. Get 15% off your first order with our link in the episode description and code nonplussed at checkout. Give the package that keeps on giving. That's barely innuendo. Get greased up and climb down that nerdy chimney. Okay, now you're going to get us into trouble. I'll geek to that. (sighs)